Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Dan, thanks for your time with Paul Craig, and I'm David Smoke. What kind of weekend did the Buckeyes have? Yeah, certainly a very busy one. I mean, it's been really a busy, uh, very few weeks for the Ohio State football team in terms of uh, adding transfers. Uh, you know, bringing players back who could have uh, entered the NFL draft. There's been, you know, a lot of good news on that front for Ohio State as they try to, you know, really build up their roster for the 2024 season. So, Dan, um, where does their quarterback room stand now? I know that everybody's going to be there and competing as it looks right now, but bringing in Julian Sand, does that send a message to Aaron Nolan and, and Lincoln Kleinholtz in particular? Yeah, I don't know that uh, sending a message is the right way to put it. I think what it really is is Ohio State got a second chance to land the quarterback who was ranked as the number one quarterback in the class of 2024, and they said they couldn't pass that up. You know, they, I think when Julian Sayan entered the transfer portal, he did so wanting to play for Ohio State. Ohio State was his second choice during his high school recruitment, and so – I think, you know, once he entered the portal, he quickly reached out to Ohio State and expressed interest in playing there. And I think Ohio State ultimately determined that, you know, he, he was too good to, to pass up a chance to get. So, you know, there, there's this discussion about how much are they committed to NIL, transfer portal, high school, and that's fine. It's the way America is today in college football. Was there a change in philosophy or just more of a renewed effort? I, I think probably more of a ladder, but maybe a little bit of both. I mean, I think when Ohio State, when NIL first started in 2021, you know, the first year or two, Ohio State was definitely a little bit hesitant to dip its toe in the water away, you know, maybe a school like a Texas A&M did or, or some of the other uh, programs in the South. I think Ohio State definitely took a more cautious approach early on. You know, early on, they were you know very leery of, you know, NCAA violations and you know, didn't didn't really want to be seen as being involved at all in terms of 
directly helping players get NIL deals. And I think, you know, they've, they've realized, you know, over the past few years that, you know, NIL is not going anywhere. It's only getting bigger. And if, you know, we want to win national championships, you know, we, we have to be very aggressive in this area. And so I think you, you've certainly seen, I think with every year, I think their stance on that has evolved a little bit more. And I think certainly over the past couple months, they, they've taken it to another level in terms of, you know, their aggressiveness in that regard. Did Michigan winning the national title uh, throw any extra logs on that fire? Like as far as maybe accelerating the plan a little bit more? Yeah, I think it absolutely did. I think that to see your rival have that kind of success, to lose to your rival three years in a row, uh, it, it sends a message that, you know, Ohio State needs to do more if it wants to be the team winning the national championship. And so I think, without a doubt, I think uh, that that played a part in the, the renewed effort for, you know, accelerating the NIL efforts. And I think a lot of it, too, is I think Ryan Day – understands the situation here you know three years in a row you know Ohio State always says its major goals are to beat Michigan win the Big Ten win the national championship Ohio State has not achieved any of those goals since 2020 and so I think Ryan Day knows you know he might not have a job a year from now if, if they don't achieve those goals this year and so I think that certainly leads to an increased sense of urgency as well. So, Dan, immediately when uh, Julian Sane committed, uh, as I'm sure you saw, was, all right, where's Air Nolan going? And, you know, what about the rest of the quarterback room? I, I know that there's already been some some talk about that and reaffirming his, his future and all those types of things, but what what do you think that the last few days of action uh, mean for that quarterback room moving forward outside of Will Howard's the guy for right now and then the, the rest can be sorted out later? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, certainly the, the simple answer, I think. You know, realistically, do, does anyone at Ohio State expect that all five quarterbacks on the roster now are still going to be there in September? I think the answer to that would be no. I think they would expect there to be some attrition from that room. I think the goal is certainly going to be to limit that attrition. You know, if you, you know, I think you know Ohio State. You know, if if one of those guys leaves, not a big deal. Four is usually their target number anyway. If, three guys leave, well, then you have a little bit of a problem in terms of your depth at quarterback. So I think uh, managing that situation is certainly going to be an important job for, for Ryan Day and you know, Bill O'Brien as the new offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. I think you know managing that situation, I'm going to be very interested to see whenever we do get opportunities to watch them practice this spring, just how are they going to manage those reps at that position? Because like you said, you know, Will Howard is going to be the guy – this year, if everything goes according to plan, you certainly expect he's going to be the guy taking most of the first team reps this off season. But then, you know, you go into spring, you have four other guys, and you have to kind of manage, uh, you know, those guys' reps. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see how Ohio State decides to approach that. What about Brian Hartland and his role? He's a great recruiter, hell of a coach, but because of the Bill O'Brien hire, does that is that any kind of a step back for him? Maybe a little bit, but I think the thing that, you know, would be important to clarify there is Brian Hartline was not calling the plays mm-hmm. last year, even got that promotion to offensive coordinator. And so I think realistically, the, the promotion for Brian Hartline last year, it was more of a giving him a bigger title and giving him a big raise to, to keep him on staff because he's such a good recruiter, because he's such 
a, a you know good receivers coach. I think you know there was some conversation last year about the possibility of him calling plays, of him being more of a true offensive coordinator. But ultimately, Ryan Day didn't become comfortable with doing that, and so you know I think that that ultimately precipitated the move to you know bring in an actual offensive coordinator to call the plays, take that off of Ryan Day's plate, and in turn. You know, Brian Hartline is now, you know, co-offensive coordinator instead of offensive coordinator. But, you know, he's certainly someone who's still going to have a lot of influence on that staff. He's certainly somebody who's still valued very highly by the staff as a recruiter and as a receivers coach. But, you know, a little bit of a step back in terms of, you know, maybe his climb up the ladder as a coach to where, you know, he's no longer that top assistant on the offensive staff. What was the Bill O'Brien hire met with in Columbus? Definitely mixed reaction. You know, I think there's people who view it as a home run. You got a guy who's a former NFL head coach uh, who has a ton of experience, uh, both in the NFL and in college, as both a head coach and an offensive coordinator and as a quarterback coach. And then there's other people like, well, the Patriots had the worst offense in the NFL last year. You know, there were mixed reviews of his time at Alabama. So I, I think it's definitely been a mixed reaction among Ohio State fans in terms of this hire. But you know, you look at the resume. There, there's not there's not a lot of other people they could have hired who check as many boxes as he does in terms of you know his experience at, at both the NFL and collegiate levels. And I think that ultimately led to Ohio State's decision to hire him. You know, Paul brought up earlier about the pressure with Michigan, Harbaugh, what they've done three years in a row. And, of course, that enough is a, enough to make Ohio State fans explode and the players and coaches. Where is Ryan Day mentally right now and, and how he's going to handle the uh, next few months going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think he certainly understands, uh, you know, the pressure of a thought in this year to beat Michigan and, uh, you know, for Ohio State to, you know, take a step forward from where it's been the last few years. But, you know, I think certainly if you're an Ohio State fan, you like seeing the way this offseason has started. You like seeing the way he's responded, where maybe the last couple years, uh, I think there was a perception that maybe Ohio State wasn't being aggressive enough to, to respond to, you know, losing to Michigan. I think the way they've started this offseason, both in terms of the transfers they've added, some of the coaching staff changes they've made. I think that sent a clear message that uh, Ryan Day feels a sense of urgency. He knows this is a really big year for him and that, uh, you know, there is that pressure in Columbus for uh, Ohio State to get back on top of that rivalry. And I think the, the way that they've approached this offseason so far uh, speaks to that. So with the new Big Ten, and God knows it's hard to keep up with all these teams, but we know who's coming in and they're pretty good. What uh, what are the expectations of how all this work? What would be your power five right now with Oregon and obviously Washington, USC, and UCLA joining the mix of what normally is Ohio State, Penn State, obviously uh, Michigan, and maybe one or two others? Yeah, I mean, I think of the four teams coming in, I think I view Oregon as the biggest threat for next season to, you know, come in and compete for the Big Ten championship right away. Obviously, you know, Washington's got some major turnover right now after losing Caleb Four. Uh, you know, USC, they've got to get their defense fixed, and they're not going to have Caleb Williams next season. You know, UCLA, you know, is a team that I think, you know, they're going to kind of fit somewhere into that middle tier of the Big Ten, I think, you know, based on, you know, what they've been able to do in the Pac-12. But, 
you know, when I look to next season, I mean, that's from Ohio State's perspective, in terms of who their top competition is going to be in the conference, I think it could very well be Oregon. You know, Michigan is, is losing a lot. We still don't know if Jim Arbaugh is going to be Michigan's coach next year. You know, Penn State's got a lot of returning talent, but they haven't shown that they can get over that hump and win both big games over Ohio State and Michigan. And so I look at Oregon, especially with Ohio State having to go on the road to play Oregon and Eugene this year as, as potentially Ohio State's biggest competition for the Big Ten title. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.